Good morning. It is the Goddess Morning Show, and this is Shannon. I'm your host. Today is May 27th, 2020, and it is Wednesday, so welcome. Our first article today is our Goddess of the Day, and it is Asteria, and this comes to us from wikipedia.org. It says, Asteria was an inhabitant of Olympus, and her sister, Leto, was beloved by Zeus. In order to escape the amorous advances of the god, who in the form of an eagle pursued her, she transformed herself into a quail and flung herself into the Aegean Sea. It was there that Asteria metamorphosed into the island Asteria, the island which had fallen from heaven like a star, or the Quail Island. This then became identified with the island of Delos, which was the only piece on earth to give refuge to the fugitive Leto when, pregnant with Zeus's children, she was pursued by vengeful Hera. According to Hyginus, Leto was born by the north wind Boreas at the command of Zeus to the floating island at the time when Python was pursuing her, and there clinging to an olive, she gave birth to Apollo and Artemis. On the island of Delos, Asterion married Perses and gave birth to their child Hecate. A different version was added by the poet Nanus, who recounted that after Asteria was pursued by Zeus, but turned herself into a quail and leaped into the sea, Poseidon instead took up the chase. In the madness of his passion, he hunted the chase goddess to the to and fro in the sea, riding restless before the changing wind, and thus she transformed herself into the desert island of Delos with the help of her nephew, Apollo, who rooted her in the waves immovable. In the rare account where Asteria was the mother of Heracles, by Zeus, the Phoenicians sacrificed quails to the hero because when went into Libya and was killed by Tython, Aeolus brought a quail to him and having put it close to him, he smelt it and it came to life again. All right, so that's our goddess for the day. Moving on, we have our herb for the day and that is Angelica. And our information comes to us from WebMD.com. It says, Angelica is used for heartburn, intestinal gas, loss of appetite, overnight urination, arthritis, stroke, dementia, circulation problems, uh, nervousness and anxiety, fever. It sometimes was used for plague and trouble sleeping. And it says some women use Angelica to start their menstrual periods, and sometimes this is done to cause an abortion. Angelica is also used to increase urine production, improve sex drive, stimulate the production and secretion of phlegm, and kill germs. Some people apply Angelica directly to the skin for nerve pain, joint pain, and skin disorders. And in combination with other herbs, Angelica is also applied to the skin for treating premature ejaculation. Angelica is also used as a smell in aromatherapy to reduce symptoms associated with quitting tobacco. So how does it work? Angelica contains chemicals that might kill cancer cells and fungus, reduce anxiety, and settle the stomach. It has possible effective research there's possibly effective documentation for indigestion 
and it says a specific combination product containing Angelica seems to improve symptoms of upset stomach, including acid reflux, stomach pain, cramping, nausea, and vomiting. The combination includes Angelica plus peppermint leaf, clown's mustard plant, German chamomile, caraway, licorice, milk thistle, celandine, and lemon balm. But there's insufficient evidence thus far for the quitting smoking, excessive urination, early uh, orgasm or premature ejaculation in men, bed sores, anxiety, dementia, fever, fluid retention, increasing urine production, intestinal cramps and gas, menstrual disorders, nerve pain, pain, and stroke. So basically all that means is nobody's done the research, so they can't document the evidence for it. So when taken by mouth, Angelica is likely safe and amounts normally found in foods. There isn't enough information to know if Angelica is safe when taken by mouth as a medicine or what the side effects might be. So basically this means, again, that there's not enough research. When applied to the skin, it says it's possibly safe for most adults when applied to the skin as a cream for short-term use. And if you take Angelica, wear sunblock outside, especially if you're light-skinned. It might make your skin more sensitive to sunlight. For indigestion, the known dose is one milliliter three times daily. And sidebar, this advice is not medical advice. You must consult uh, either a physician or a certified herbalist for any uh, use that you need to, if you need to use it as a medicinal then I recommend seeking out the advice of someone certified because I am not. And all of this is for suggestion use only for education and not the advice of a medical provider. Okay, that being said, we're moving on to our next topic, which is environmental news. And this comes from the Environmental News Network, ENN.com. And it says... To slow the practice of land conversion, the researchers said funding organizations must prioritize projects most likely to result in sustainable intensification on national and global scales. When you decide to make a large investment in something, for example, a house, you likely ask yourself a series of questions to gauge if it's a smart buy. Will the size and type of house you've chosen in a given city or neighborhood deliver long-term value? Will it improve your quality of life? And of course, do the benefits justify the cost? Asking these questions is probably an intuitive part of your personal financial decision-making, an autopilot analysis you go through before shelling out big bucks. But surprisingly, big spenders in the world of agricultural research, organizations that allocate money to scientists around the nation and world, have no equivalent framework for making funding decisions about research and development focused on sustainable intensification of agriculture, which University of Nebraska-Lincoln researchers Patricio Grissini and Ken Kassman say is widely recognized as one of the major pillars of food-secure world. That's why, in a paper recently published in Nature Sustainability, 
Grissini and Kassman propose a four-pronged prioritization framework for funders to use as they distribute research dollars to agricultural scientists pursuing the goal of sustainable intensification. If you like this information, you can find more of it at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln website. All right. So I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit, a little update about what's going on with me because there was a brief time of no podcasts. <laughs> so I wanted to just basically pop in and give a little update to the listeners about what's going on in my life and how things have been changing and moving forward. So I recently moved to the country again. And I'm starting my small hobby farm, backyard farm. And so basically, I've relocated from an apartment to the country. You know, I was only in an apartment for like eight months, but I changed states and moved back to the country. And um, I began with composting bins. I am starting a raised bed garden. I'm foraging the wild herbs in my backyard and drying them to make tinctures. I got some baby chicks and built them a chicken tractor. And I'm also spending time meeting local homesteading folks that are in the area and learning about beekeeping. So I'm also expecting my first grandbaby in eight weeks. And so my life has been super busy and all that and trying to unpack and make a home it's really had me exhausted. And of course, when you first buy a new home, there's repairs to do and decorating and a ton of yard work that, you know, a lot of it's just regularly keeping it mowed. And I've had to get things settled here and um, develop a more sustainable routine for myself that doesn't involve me getting everything done at once. So, of course, during all that was the coronavirus, and I had to get furniture online rather than in a store to be delivered, and you have to assemble it when it gets here. And, oh my gosh, it's just been a whole new world and a new day for all of us. And there have been so many things that have changed and made it more challenging, but there's also been more time with family at home and time to get the garden up to speed. And so, you know, I'm just letting you know that there's a short time where I was unable to make the podcast regularly. Moving from the apartment to the country was quite time intensive, but things are slowing down and I'm getting my daily life back together. Once all the initial projects are out of the way, you know, you basically set it up to where things take care of themselves. And so I hope to be doing the podcast more frequently, more regularly. But um, it probably will be, you know, anywhere from one to two episodes a week, maybe three episodes a week for a while during the summer, especially when there's a lot of gardening to do. But um, hopefully by the time fall runs, you know, the harvest comes in and canning is done, then during the winter months, I'll be back to at least, you know, five episodes a week, Monday through Friday. So anyway, just... Uh, updating people. I know this is a short episode today, but I did promise episodes this week and I wanted to make good on that promise. And I will be working on revamping the podcast and getting themes 
underway and more interviews. So I just wanted to pop in and uh, say good morning to everyone and also get out some daily information for you to listen to while you're having your morning cup of coffee. All right, so thank you for tuning in. Namaste. Blessings to you all.